0: Welcome to the Queer Arabs Podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. We are the Queer Arabs, and we are here with a really exciting guest um, with an organization that we have been wanting to talk to for a long time. So um, can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, how
2: are you? I'm Karam from uh, Moshu Exists, uh an LGBTQ uh, NGO based in Tunis, Tunisia and uh, working since 2015.
0: Can you tell us about Mojoudin? What does the organization do?
2: Yeah, well I'll just tell you about my position probably within Mojoudin, so I'm the communication manager of Mojoudin We Exist, and I've been working uh, volunteering since the beginning and being in charge of some uh, cultural events that Mojudin did, and one of them was the first edition of Queer Film Festival, Mojodin Queer Film Festival. So, to talk more about the activities, so uh, Mojudin is uh, an organization focusing on uh, capacity building activities during probably uh, its like two or three uh, first years. Uh, we still do it, but uh, less intensively, I guess. Capacity building means shops, probably clubs and trainings about uh, gender identity, gender concepts, sexual orientation, sexual health, uh, digital security. Uh, These are the main uh, subjects we deal with. So with uh, these activities we are doing kind of a cultural and um, artistic production, let's say, and we begin uh, with uh, the Film Festival. In 2017, unfortunately, this year w- uh, was uh, a bit, I guess, for uh, the all ho- like festivals on the world. So we uh, just <laughs> rescheduled. We are trying to reschedule <laughs> the the festival yeah. for this year. the, day, the date and uh, is not already like processed for us now. So other thing we do like queer parties. Uh, of course, we care a lot during these activities and cultural activities about security and safety of the queer. Uh, members of the, of maujuddin and other ngos too because we work in collaboration with our ngos so third part is the advocacy part and when we talk about advocacy we talk about uh, reports shadow reports to the un to the to the to the government the tunisian government and we work a lot uh, in this field in collaboration with other queer and lgbti plus ngos in tunisia because now we are four or five registered LGBT uh, NGOs working on this uh, topic and we collaborate with uh, ally uh, NGOs and association in Tunisia and the main NGOs are really very very close to the to the to the queer let's say activists and uh, human rights defenders.
1: Cool. Awesome. Um, that's really exciting that not only that there's several organizations but that you're able to be registered NGOs which yeah. Um, yeah. is a big deal has that always been the case since Mojudeen started
2: well uh, Mojudeen was not the first registered NGO working on LGBTQ at probably the or the third or the second, uh, but uh, I mean, when I talk about LGBT plus NGOs, I mean like working openly on this topic, and the mention on the on when when the, uh, the NGO and the association is registered, it's really very clear uh, on the status of the association that we are working on gender concepts and non-conforming and non-normative gender concepts and sexual identities so it was i guess of course it's very frightening at first to to do it and uh, i'm thinking about the two co-founders uh, ali and abir uh, who are the the people who uh, founded uh, uh, mojadin and registered it and been through the whole process of registration which has been a little bit hard but not probably when we talk when we talk about it it's not hard because of the safety or the security probably but because of the the whole bureaucracy i guess yeah <laughs> so uh that's why but um it was okay and we and we helped even other ngos uh, queer NGOs are me, to registers uh, awesome. their uh, ngo and uh, they are working on uh, transgender people especially so
1: um, sweet. Uh, do you want to shout out some of those other NGOs so people can check those out as well? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, one of our like main partner is uh, Shuf Shuf Minorities, which is an NGO mm-hmm. working on the LBT like lesbian, bisexual, and transgender, or mm-hmm. anyone identifying as a woman. There is Elwini. For equality, and there is uh, Outcast, which is the transgender uh, NGO, recently registered. Um, uh, Damage to working uh, with um, gay people and uh, and bisexual. These are like the the main partners we work with. So and oh. uh, we collaborate with, and uh, these are like the 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 NGOs that are working actively on the on the on the on the field of uh, the queer community (laughs) sweet
0: do you want to talk about well okay how long have you been involved with mojo
2: it's been like since 2016 so it's been like four years now
0: what ways have you seen the organization change or uh progress since you started
2: yeah, so the organization really changed the way it's, it's, it's working and I guess it's uh, having more uh, attention from the outside queer community in the region. Uh, not only Tunisia, but uh, also the North African and Middle Eastern uh, region too. After I guess the milestone of the Queer Film Festival for me, it's really very, <laughs> it's really very personal because it's the it's not just because of the movies or the festival, but because it's uh, the 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 point where Maghrebin uh, just uh, did a step forward and uh, become more visible. And be gained uh, probably more uh, attention for its uh, series. I I guess work on the queer community and uh, the also the part of uh, encouraging and uh, promoting queer art and queer production production. And I guess it's mm-hmm. very very important and it's very a big part of the queer. I would say. Uh, history, her story uh, yeah. in Tunisia, and in the region,
1: so, yeah. That's great. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I actually found out about Mojuddin through, like, the festival Same. and yeah. different films being yeah. promoted through the festival, so, yeah, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense that it, does. it yes. attracted a bunch of attention towards the organization. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more yeah. about the festival? What films were shown there? Um, what was the environment created around it?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, the idea at the uh, at first was begin from the Mojutin uh, film uh, club, uh, called the the Exist, a combination between cinema and we exist, so Cine Exist. Oh. So uh, and uh, the we, we ran the club with the other members of uh, Mojutin, and uh, for for one year and uh, the people attending the screenings. Mm -hmm. we have screens in the debates after the movies they shown the interest about queer cinema and lgbti plus cinema but i i they 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 asked about a real uh representation of the queer from tunisia or from the the whole MENA region, probably because we lack a lot of Queer, uh, let's say, main representation in movies, cinema, and other artistic production, of course. Even though it's not that impossible to do it, uh, the idea came from uh, from from, the, uh, from there, and we tried with other members of the board and uh, at the time to organize the first session and the first festival edition in just three months. I guess <laughs> it was really very very <laughs> very intense. Uh, and I'm really, really, really grateful um, of the the efforts made by the whole and the big uh, group of people, probably 40 people were, were involved in many parts of the project. Uh, and uh, the first edition was essentially an edition uh, of African queer, uh, African and mi- Middle Eastern, let's say, queer representation. And uh, there were like some... Po- uh, politics and uh, policies when we talk about the first edition because we were really very into uh, promoting cinema production from the South, uh, from Africa and Middle East. Uh, the first edition, uh, it's uh, it, 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 it probably um, was more developed in the second and third edition because it's uh, becoming more open to the global South, of course, <laughs> like mm-hmm. queer cinema. But not only queer cinema, because like uh, beginning from the first edition, we try to introduce other artistic fields, and we, we have like um, drag queen shows, dance uh, shows too, musicals, debates, panels, workshop, and from the first edition, and I guess now from in the third edition, it's not yet set up. But I have a lot of information about it. But it's a vi- it's a really very 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 big edition, and uh, we hope we can make it after uh, this COVID and Corona stuff yeah. is really very <laughs> uh, <laughs> gone away. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, there's so
1: many things being put on hold right now. Did you all like consider doing an online version of it, or are you like no, 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 set no. on this has to be? This no, has to be yeah, what it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: it has to be what it is because, uh, let me tell you, because like um, in the Queer Film Festival, Marjorie Tinker Festival are really inviting artists from uh, a lot of countries and mm-hmm. we the, um, and the, the whole thing is to uh, create this atmosphere, this real atmosphere and uh, this uh, real connection between people and artists or wherever to, to feel safe and to see something really very new to them probably and something really very close to their eyes and to their hearts so this connection is very very important and i guess it it's, if it's just a movie festival it would be probably possible uh, but because it's more than uh, movies and uh, and because we're probably promoting new queer artist faces they are they're doing their great job but probably it's kind of an opportunity for a lot of young artists, queer young artists to have this opportunity of a stage, probably or for a queer mm-hmm. uh, public from the region to see them the way they want it to show.
1: Makes sense, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. it's also I guess you're getting at this. You have a particular audience that shows up in real life and it's kind of hard to ensure people that they have the same like safe space. Of like that community when you're yeah. online. I mean, there's ways of doing it, and lots of people I think are trying different ways of doing it. But it's it's definitely harder or less, yeah, a little less exact. I guess I'll stepping back that. a little bit, can you? I know this is kind of a broad question, um, but can you like just characterize for our audience? Like, what is the situation with LGBT rights in Tunisia right now? What would you say are the main concerns, the main, like, recent successes? Yeah. What do you feel has, like, been changing in recent years? We hear a lot about it, and we want to know if it's accurate. I mean, I guess, guess like, Like one, like, common perception is, like, Tunisia is, like, definitely on the more progressive side in the region. But, like, also that can be oversimplified, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how would you frame it from your perspective?
2: Yeah, I would say like Tunisia, it's in a way, the legal situation of the queer Tunisians mm-hmm. are really very similar to other neighbor uh, regions. Okay. So uh, we still criminalize homosexuality under the 230 uh, article of mm-hmm. the penal code. People could be like jailed for six up to three years and undergo the anal tests. So, uh, which is the anal exam or examination, uh, which is considered as a torture exam. So, but things, on uh, another hand, when it comes to the civil society field, it's, it's progressing. And uh, we might say that we are probably doing many, many steps forward to lessen probably the stigma Uh, When it comes to the queer community, for at least uh, the human rights activists, and uh, it might be probably shocking, but yes, (laughs) most of them are uh, queerphobic and uh, LGBTphobic. So it's, uh, it's been hard at first, but now it's uh, it's really very okay uh, for them to, to be working with the, the queer community. And other thing, which is really very, very hard, it's the social stigma and the social discrimination and the psychological and physical violence towards the queer members of the community. So we still, till now, and I guess it's very uh, similar in other regions, even during this quarantine, it was kind of rising of the physical and psychological violence rate Uh, and uh, we still uh, receive a lot of uh, emergency calls and Mm -hmm. messages through our websites or social media or green light and this is just uh, because of people still still yet very uncomfortable with differences with uh, the non-normative sexualities and gender identities so that's why we still of course face this discrimination mm-hmm. and th- what, what is really uh, even uh, worse that the whole and the, the major part of the community who are who found themselves in this situation are young people uh, mean teenagers and uh, really people and they're probably 25 years old mm-hmm. uh, so so this is uh, really very hard for them and we are trying to help, and as I say, for the capacity building workshops, one of them, it's very, very important, is the digital security and safety. And uh, we know that this is the major and the main probably tool for homophobic people to harass and to uh, to do their, like, cyber harassment.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's also kind of been a concern that we've been having, even just doing this podcast, yeah. being, like, how are we protecting people's information? How are we protecting That's, guests?
0: Yeah, it's hard to navigate because, like, there are there are so many different apps you can communicate on, and it's kind of like hard to know which yeah. what
1: to For use. For we're and on not like... on Zoom right now. We're on Meet Jitsi, which yeah. is fun yeah. and secure.
0: <laughs> yeah, hadn't heard about it before. It's good to know. And this year, I mean, I'm sure there's another layer to, like, the the this social isolation probably is adding another layer to the challenge that people are dealing with, and maybe
1: like feeling more stuck at home. Yeah, I think everywhere, <laughs> like, like, with this yeah. um, COVID situation, like a lot of people mm-hmm. are having to like, return to homes that aren't safe because they don't think- have an alternative parental support or like financial resources to be anywhere else yeah, yeah. this is very
2: important because like probably uh, most of people are calling for emergency shelters mm. and uh, for the financial supports to to have excessive food during mm. this uh, this uh, period so uh, it's been really very hard but mm. thanks to some partners and uh, even personal donation from people here from queer community and allies we we tried and we to 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 share and to help too
0: so going back to what you were talking about as far as the like what's on the books the law that's on the books is it really vague is it like really broad like in some neighboring countries like I think in Egypt it's framed as like indecency, and that can be kind of twisted.
1: Yeah, or like Lebanon kind of, is like, like sex acts against nature, which oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. could be kind
0: of like yeah. Yeah. very open to interpretation. Is it? Is that yeah. kind of how it is? Or? Well,
2: yeah. Well, we share the same uh, text of flow uh, in a way with the North African uh, countries because they have been colonized by the same. Uh, countries yeah. and uh, for the yeah so for the Middle Eastern yeah. because they were colonized by other countries mm-hmm. they use the non uh, confirming the um, against nature practices and the, the behavioral kind of obscene probably uh, acts but but even in the in the penal code, uh, in Tunisia, we have not only the 230 article, but we have other article 231, 226, 227, and uh, these are the articles talking about the uh, non-moral acts and non-moral uh, behaviors that mm-hmm. could condemns. For example, sex workers, transgender people. Yeah. This is uh, a whole package, let's say.
1: <laughs> yeah, which um, I mean is obviously terrible, but also kind of illustrates why it's important for these different movements to be allied together because it's the same kind Mm -hmm. of thing the same idea that is oppressing queer people and Mm -hmm. trans people and sex workers and female sexuality that is outside certain norms and it's it's literally all under the same umbrella. It sounds like.
2: Yeah, that's why we work really very close to uh, feminist feminist NGOs and association NGOs and the association working with people living with HIV too. So these are the main like close partners that we co- collaborate uh, together because we have, in a way, the same uh, the same goal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we and because we believe in intersectionality. So uh, that's in a way, very very important to collaborate and to have to keep in mind that you cannot fight uh, against an oppressor being uh, isolated from other uh, oppressed groups and minorities or
1: right, whatever. Exactly. Um, I guess that's- kind of going back to what you're saying, both about visibility and security. What yeah. kind of choices does the organization? make regarding press we've been talking to a lot of different people who have different stances on like how organizers should deal with press should like avoid them totally make sure you have a handle on them so other people don't spread misinformation so yeah i'm curious what the conversations are like
2: well because we really care about it as i said normally we try to select mean yes with uh with whom will be talking to and I guess here in Tunisia uh, some private uh, media I would say in the private sector I mean most of them are progressing and being uh, more open because people working on them are sometimes friends sometimes allies and they are more open to work and to collaborate with queer NGOs and having this this conscious and maturity to to be uh, the one who who helps without imposing their visions. So they are just asking about what we want us to do with this or that, or in which way would you want to or prefer to be represented. So this is really, very important. And that's why we are not, in Mojuddin at least, we are not working to gain the buzz or the media interest just for it for the let's say for mm. the show mm. uh, but we we are really very very selective and we know that it's very very important for the fight too to be visible and represented and not only represented, but probably well represented so that's why we are taking the thing very very seriously and with precaution and we we are making steps for example we now do even a media conference for the festival, which is very, very uh, huge and important for us. And uh, we, 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 of course, with the foreigner, foreign-like media, the it's not the same thing with the local media. But our first, probably, uh, target now in this uh, period of time is the local media, because we want to gain. Uh, visibility from them, and uh, because this is uh, would probably make the fight more credible for the uh, citizens, Tunisian citizens, I would say. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How do you mm-hmm. feel about the ways that queer activism or queer rights in Tunisia is being represented in foreign media?
2: Well, sometimes it's okay. It, I'd say it's it's well represented, but in uh, in other another. And some other times, it's it's not that not not that professional, I would say, yeah. because we we just we've been witnessing a media kind of uh, articles and wave <laughs> talking about the uh, the homosexual marriage between two men in mm-hmm. Tunisia, yeah. and it's been kind of three or one month ago, and uh, without even verifying it with the main and with NGOs working on it in the, in the in the in real life, I would say, and one of these media are like are mostly based in Europe and the US. Uh, so we immediately, of course, uh, tried to reach them to uh, and to post and to share statements. And the last one was a joint statement with Mina and African NGOs. They are like probably. 35 signatories se- And mm-hmm. this is very important because we care about safety and because we care uh, about not taking it for granted the way the media and the journalists are just spreading uh, and misinformed people about the situations. Yeah. We know it's very, very strategic from a lot of people. We know that. <laughs> and uh, we know this kind of uh, worry about the queer uh, situation here. And probably people want us to to let them know just that the situation is really great and good. And this is not the case. Yeah. Uh, the case is we make it. We are making progress, but we are not there yet. And this is very very delicate for the queer activism and the queer rights movements here in Tunisia. Mm-hmm. So uh, being supportive, it's being professional too. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In yeah. particular, with that, like. I saw that same sex marriage story getting spread a lot of places and it it's a lot of it just seemed like clickbait. And even if it contained like something that was true, it was clearly by people who like didn't understand the larger context or system. Like, yeah, it's it's one one thing getting approved is like being blown up to like Like, gay marriage is legal in Tunisia, which is Yeah. Yeah, That is a huge blow up Everything has (laughs) been
0: solved. We're done. (laughs) Like, no, it's more complicated than that. Um, Yeah. Either extreme is very harmful. Like if a country is painted as like totally great or totally horrible, you know, a lot of the time. Uh, Yeah. It erases the work. Yeah. Yeah, The work work involves
1: a bunch of little complex steps. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That still exists. It's interesting. I've talked about this, like, on the flip side. Um, so my family's from Saudi Arabia. And so, like, you you know, obviously the situation's not good there. But um, the way that it's portrayed, it's, like, all bad. It's like, And it's kind of important sometimes to, like, recognize that there are plenty of people actually, like, wanting change and, like, working for change in the context that they're able to and the ways that they're able to. And to just, like have something portrayed in the media in such a simplified way is damaging and, like, just furthers the West's, you know, misconceptions of yes. the region and as a whole and, like, each particular country yeah, in some the region like- would
1: be good <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> and I think help. maybe some yeah. nuance could come from talking to the people actually working what a concept actually instead of to just people. reposting what yeah. you read in the last article yeah
0: and then on the yeah and that other end like Tunisia is being portrayed as like oh it's everything's resolved <laughs> like no people are still working hard yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm so excited we get to talk to you we've been t- wanting to connect with your organization for a while I first heard about it also around the same time as Nadia like two years ago when the Film Fest started and that was around the time this podcast began and so since then yeah. I've kind of had in my mind like oh I, I really need to talk to
1: them <laughs> so <laughs> finally happened yeah, at yeah the time we were them. doing an episode like focused on like art and media representation um, so I think that's why we were like looking yeah. specifically at film stuff and we came across Mao and we're like this is really cool and also yeah. there's more um, so yeah I'm glad we got to talk about yeah all the more
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um, is there anything that is like Mao is doing now or like is coming up that you want our listeners to be aware of or watch out for
2: well for the probably for the activities I I'm, I'm just gonna add what kind of, of a workshop we are doing uh, which is very very important uh, mm-hmm. It's part of a, a project called Lilo looking in looking out which is uh, a project focusing on the queer community and allies mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, progressing even probably for people who want to have their uh, to do their uh, actions as queer activists too and probably families of queer uh, individuals so it's kind of uh, a workshop during three days or three days and a half where people are living in a way or the, participating uh in the same place discovering their sexualities their gender identity a lot of issues and topics around the whole gender and uh, sexual uh, sexual uh, sexualities and another um, another project too uh, it's um, probably now it's kind of the uh, advocacy uh, network program that we are aiming to start uh, as soon as possible, I guess <laughs> to make sure that the future, probably judge or advocates or whatever uh, will be more aware about the queer and the LGBT IQ plus situation and rights uh, when it comes to criminalizing uh, the, uh, the homosexuality so these are other projects we are working on will keep carrying the queer artistic production and during this as we we launched in the 17th of uh, May the Idaho Hobbit, we launched the comic book the queer comic book called queer squad uh, okay. we will be launching yeah <laughs> yeah and we have its name in arabic called the uh, queer which is a kind of very kind of it, teen, young, adult kind of story about uh, queer people uh, during the quarantine. The first episode, but uh, after that we'll see the characters uh, evolving and uh, and mm-hmm. pro- progressing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can check it on our like Facebook page, Instagram or Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be launching of. Uh, a- great production during the mkff2 uh in addition to the the short movie we'll be producing of course we'll have another exciting production (laughs) yeah
1: amazing um make sure you check it out everybody yeah Yeah. i can't
2: yeah yes
0: um how can like what are ways that people listening to this episode um that they can support the organization
2: you can support us by just following us, which is already something uh, very important for the for for the Maudine and the queer community visibility, uh, and um, you can you you can check uh, our Facebook page Moshejin exists, uh, our Instagram account, our Twitter account. Uh, you can reach out to, by email contact at org and to support you can also uh, make a. Um, um, uh, whatever like we can collaborate probably with people or at the ngos you are welcome if, if you want to collaborate with my routine and uh, we are thinking uh, in the future about the queer Tunisian diaspora all over the world because we even mostly we, we have uh, members of uh, routine living abroad and uh, we are trying to think about a way to Make it uh, effective and uh, possible for them to contribute to Mojuddin, too, even though they are not living in Tunisia. So, cool. yeah. <laughs> and of course, you can make donation to direct donation to Mojuddin or whatever, but it's uh, a limited donation because we don't want just to have like donation from. Uh, from any, anywhere, but yeah. in case people want just to contribute to the, to the fight, they can do it, just contact us and we will okay. direct you to the, to the way.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much for Thank doing this. Thank you so this. much, seriously. great to connect. Um, so, all right, everyone, you should definitely follow them on all social media platforms. Um, and you, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Queer Arabs. Our website is thequeerarabs.com. And you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com.